reviewers call this film either one of Fulci's worst films, using phrases like an impenetrable mess or uninspired. Even the liner notes in the Anchor Bay DVD say this film doesn't add up. Would that put anyone else off? Not me. Not me at all. Hey, I'm Sam from BNS About Movies, uh, which you can reach at bnsaboutmovies.com. You can always email me at bnsaboutmovies at gmail.com. Today, we're talking about Lucio Fulci's not-well-considered Manhattan Baby from 1982. Let's get into it. Susie Hacker is in Egypt with her archaeologist father, George Christopher Connolly, from the Norsemen, 1990 of the Bronx Warriors, and Peyton Place, and her journalist mother, Emily Martha Taylor, better known as Laura Lindsay, who is in The Adventures of Hercules. When a blind woman gives her an amulet, just as she takes it, her father's blinded himself while he enters a previously unexplored tomb, but not before he shoots a snake with a gun, and we can assume this being an Italian movie. That was not a special effect. A snake was probably shot with a gun. They all return to New York City, where we meet Susie's younger brother, Tommy, and oh my gosh, it's Giovanni Frezza, Bob from House by the Cemetery. Uh, Tommy, but let's just call him Bob, didn't go on the trip, and his au pair, Jamie Lee, boy, naming a babysitter Jamie Lee is in no way a coincidence. Anyway, she's Cynthia DePonte, uh, who is destroyed by Fulci and the New York Ripper. Anyway, Susie and Tommy have somehow gained supernatural powers from the amulet, but Susie could still telepathically speak to her mother before she left Egypt. And uh, laser beams blast George's eyes, giving him back his vision. But anyway, if you're wondering why a little boy has been dubbed with the voice of a small girl as Tommy slash Bob is here, you've never watched a Lucia Fulci film before. Anyway, Susie also has a pet scorpion, which is referred in the beginning as a symbol of death. As George captures it to give it to his daughter as a gift, okay, cool, and is playing with it. While her colleague talks to George about what he saw in the tomb. Meanwhile, Emily is working with her wacky colleague, George, who is Carlo DeMeo from City of the Living Dead, The Other Hell, The House by the Cemetery. At time in life, on a story when Jamie Lee calls in a panic, she can't unlock the kid's bedroom door. And when she tries to enter the room, all she sees are snakes. Also, we know that uh, friend Luke is wacky because he wears Groucho Marx glasses when we first see him. Then he has a googly eyes later. He is trying to pick Emily up. His humor, I don't think, is going to work. Meanwhile, security guard gets stuck in an elevator he bloodies his fingers trying to open the doors and then the floor drops away and he dies back to the kids luke offers to enter the locked door acting like a goofy magician when he screams jamie lee runs upstairs but he's nowhere to be found that's because that wacky luke has been sucked into a dimensional gateway is now in the deserts of egypt a place where that madcap ponce will eventually die from exposure and dehydration if we're lucky the funniest thing everyone thinks it's a practical joke no one ever discusses where Luke went again, for Luke has been set up seemingly to be an important character. He's gone. Anyway, Jamie Lee finds a handful of sand in the room and sees scorpions all over the place, but all the kids care about is getting dinner. So let's cue that Fabio Freezy music. And this is all some practical joke, so why call the police? Speaking of Fabio Frizzy, it places we see Susie's hand begin to smoke and burn her bed, then she levitates. Again, nothing strange going on. Jamie Lee should just take the kids to Central Park where they all take Polaroids and notes to millennials. Selfies used to take three minutes to develop and the only people that use Polaroids these days are indie pro wrestlers and strippers. Anyway, a woman finds these pictures and ends up being the amulet instead of the kids. She shows the photo to Adrian Mercado, who is Cosimo Cenari from Murder Rock and the New York Ripper, who puts his name and number on the Polaroid and ensures that the woman gives it to Mrs. Hacker. He's a mysterious man with a mysterious study filled with mysterious books, and his name means something that I'll tell you later. Anyway, Susie and Tommy have now learned how to go on voyages, trips that allow them 
to appear and disappear at will. Not everyone is able to do this. Jamie Lee goes on a voyage and never comes back. And no one asks, where's Jamie Lee? More weirdness happens. George's colleague, Wyler, looks at the glory of the amulet, and then a snake comes out of nowhere and bites him. We even get an awesome snake POV camera in the scene, which I reacted to with pure joy. That same photo teleports into Susie's hand and she has a fit and collapses. Also, how did Fulci, in a film filled with eyeball symbolism, resist the urge to have a snake bite someone in the eyeball? If you say Fulci cannot be restrained, I would advise you to watch this one. George and Emily go to Mikado's antique shop, which is filled with stuffed birds. When he's stuffing another one while talking to them, he explains that the evil is inside the amulet and now has infected their daughter and son. They find the amulet and, yes, another live scorpion, which everyone ignores, in Susie's bedroom door. She knocks out all the lights in the room and appears covered in a blue glow before she faints. Marcotto appears and tries to link minds with her, but he can't handle the strain. He falls to the ground, bleeding and foaming at the mouth. He's able to link minds with George, though, and show him the Egypt that his children have been visiting and tells him that Susie is trapped by the stone. Susie is in a coma where she is examined by Dr. Forrester, who, as you can guess, this being a doctor in a Fulci movie, is Lucio Fulci, listed as anonymous in the credit, who finds a cobra mark in her x-rays. Tommy is left alone in the apartment, and he is uh, locks eyes across the city with Mercado, who is concentrating on the amulet. There's some Baba-esque blue-to-red lighting here, some tight shots of the psychic's eyeballs. Suddenly, blood pours through a wall, and Jamie Lee comes bursting through, covered in gore. Uh, again, this is still restrained for Fulci. Susie's machines start to flatline before she awakens, choking and spitting up blood. Blue light links Tommy, Susie, and Mercado's home as he recites an Egyptian spell. Mercado tells George that his children are safe. He's removed the curse and taken it upon himself so it will not harm anyone else. He tells George, throw that amulet in the deepest part of the river. After an entire film of holding back the geysers of fluid and exploding eyeballs that we know and love him for, Fulci decides that he must go insane with the ending. Spoiler warnings aplenty here. We see shadows of the dead birds come to life before every dead bird flies at Mercado, slashing at his face. We get some pecking POV sauce and then completely over-the-top madness of repeated shots, a slowly lifting zoom, more interwoven POVs, and leaving the antique store owner a bloody corpse. The camera pulls back on a slow jazz song as we see the dead man uh, bleed out and lift high above the store before zooming into a stuffed birds. And if I learned anything from a Fulci movie, it's never work in an antique bookshop, never work in a library, never go around books, never go around stuffed animals. Your face is going to get eaten. But this jazz song sounds like, you know when Billy Joel would play live and he'd like pitter-patter on the keyboards before he'd play New York State of Mind and kind of tease you he's about to play it? That's what this jazz song sounds like. Anyway, George throws over the amulet, but now we're back in Egypt. We repeat the cycle as another young girl gets the amulet. Who do we blame for Manhattan Baby? And I don't blame anyone. I love this movie, and I don't care. Uh, Manhattan Baby was written by longtime Fulci collaborators and husband and wife duo Dardana Sacchetti and Elisa Brigate. Originally, they called it The Evil Eye and The Possession uh, and Eye of the Evil Dead. It was released as. They settled on Manhattan Baby because they wanted to evoke Manhattan Baby being Rosemary's Baby. Even the name Andrea Mercado comes from that film. He's one of the witches mentioned in Rosemary's Baby uh, in the book All Them Witches as he practiced black magic in the Branford building and is the father of Roman Kestebek. Um, the budget would get cut throughout this film. About 75% of the budget got cut. So that's why the gore is so restrained till the end. And this is the final film of producer Fabio DeAngelis and Fulci would make together. Fulci hated this movie and felt he had no choice to make it. DeAngelis was obsessed by it. I don't think, again, Manhattan Baby is a failure. It makes good use of the uh, faux Egyptian pyramids and market, as well as New York City. I love when Italians 
shooting America, and that restraint leads to a great climax. It's somehow a mismatch of The Omen, The Exorcist, and The Awakening with a dash of the birds. And sure, it's not a great film, maybe even a good one, but it's an interesting film. And isn't that what we want? Anyways, if you got any questions, you can email me at bnsaboutmovies at gmail.com. Come to the site and read about way too many movies at bnsaboutmovies at gmail.com. And now here's that music I paid for. <laughs>